bowl game podcast number two, the never-ending glory college football podcast. Matt Monner, your host. I'm with Sean Z. I'm with Farky. I'm with Shill. And uh, well, I feel like there should be a little more somber of a tune to start this podcast off with the way we've been picking these bowl games. I mean, uh, I don't even know what to say with our performance thus far in these first 20 bowl games. Awful. Hey, if you're fading us... You've made a little bit of money. Now ride with us, and you'll make a lot more. I've been trying to, to put, you know, to give the hint to the public here as we post these picks day after day to fade our picks. So hopefully you've been following the hint, and you've been fading our picks, and have been just making bank this holiday season. I know we picked up some more followers with that epic Idaho Potato Bowl live tweeting through the game. Then I quit in the fourth quarter on a route, and it turns into like a, an absolute scoring explosion in the in the fourth quarter. Go figure. I still haven't figured out why did you choose to to tweet out that game. A listener called us on it, right, Monitor? Right. Well, Farky, you weren't on the last pod, but uh, when we were talking about that game, Sean said that if the winner of the bowl held up a giant bowl or bag of potatoes as the trophy that he would actually watch and live tweet the whole game. And it was kind of a joke. And then one of our listeners, um, his name is Mike, I think, at Bankers Love Naps, uh, tweeted Sean a picture of Terry Bowden last year holding up the bowl of Idaho potatoes after Akron won the championship of the Idaho Potato Bowl. And so Sean had to pay up the bet. He had to watch the game. He had to live tweet the whole thing. And to his credit, he did that for three quarters, and it was. And in my defense, it was like forty-eight to twenty. It was, yeah, and it was hacked up to ten, <laughs> and it turned out to be like sixty-one to fifty or something. Sixty-one like fifty was the final. It was actually a highly entertaining uh, Twitter feed. I recommend going back and looking at it if you haven't checked that out. Uh, it was. So it was. It was an integrity play there. Well, he had to pay awesome. up. I mean, awesome. he he came, he came out with it. The listener called him on it, so he did what he had to do. I, I'll say this. Idaho is moving down to FCS. Like, I, I was tweeting it. Like, this team is, is better than half the teams that I watched through the year, oh, at least. I, I mean, let's be honest. Like, so We've watched some poo-poo football, and if you've watched any of these other games, most of these teams don't have a clue. Idaho might be the most impressive team that I've watched thus far. <laughs> that's, that's pathetic. That's Who, who's been better? Who's been better? Uh, I don't know. North Carolina State? Okay, one team. I shot. Have another one. <laughs> I tell you who wasn't impressive. Mike Leach. Oh, I'll tell no, you what. I just got we'll finished get, watching that we'll one. Thanks, Mike. We'll get to that game. That's that's a farky No, 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 no. No, we're not going to get to that game. I told you this before you we went on the air. We are not talking about these first 20 games. They're all garbage. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I agree. And then I went to the Idaho yeah. Potato Bowl, but no, at well, least we, we had, had to, we had to address that. That's that's fair enough. Uh, but listen, our record. I, in, in, hey, listen. I'd like to, I would like to talk a little bit about Wake Forest. No, I didn't, I nobody didn't see wants one, to. I didn't see one play of that game. So Farky, go ahead and, and have at it, buddy. <laughs> hey, that's a flip. That's a flip on that bet. Temple Wake Forest. Ugh. We got we got a pre- we got a preface. Farky's re-entrance back into the podcast. Farky, you want to walk the listeners through what what you may have partaken in this afternoon? Well, I haven't been I haven't been back to Ohio since September. I got a flight tomorrow, five o'clock. Going back to see the family, 
have a uh, have a have a college basketball teammate yep. get married, um, Stingle on Saturday night. So I'm going back for the wedding. Hit a little happy hour up at 4:30. It's uh, what 11 o'clock now. So had had a little indulgence. Ready to kick it. Let's go. Let's pick. Let's pick. Let's talk these games. What, if you guys don't want to go on the old on the old games from from the last week, then that's fine. Let's is go. That, is that well, five, five a.m. or five p.m.? Uh, four thirty. Oh, tomorrow. Yes. P.M. Thank God. God. Now, th- but, does your friend have, will, is your friend going to have one of those wedding hashtags? Will not let this rest. You guys, I'm interrupting you. I will not let this rest. I want, I want, I want three minutes on Memphis, and I want three minutes on Hawaii. Go. We don't have enough time. No, we're going to lose. We're going to lose Go. one of our three Go. listeners. Go. Well, if our listeners are smart, as Monter said, they're just fading us, and they're anxiously awaiting our picks, particularly our consensus picks. Am I right, Matt? Oh, my God. We, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. I think we have now lost um, – I think we've now lost nine of our last ten with a tie of consensus picks. We are like one, nine, and one in our last 11 consensus picks. We're not going to give Memphis Matt anything on that loser pick. 20? 20 in a bowl game? Come on. You guys aren't going to give him anything? Well, why would I give him a? I picked him, and so did everybody else except for you. Uh, it's my own fault. I, I, I have begged the listeners to listen to me all year. Can you guys object to that? I will say this. Memphis, the last, like, nine games, I think, is, like, like one in seven and won on their spreads the last nine games or something. Some insane amount of luck with, like, two Van Pelt bad beats on SportsCenter. Yeah, well, here's another one I found out today. Temple going into today was 12-1 and against the spread. Guess what happened today in their bowl game? They, they got, go out and they got a touchdown first drive, like right down the yeah, field. Turnover then, touchdown. And then it was 31-7 to Wake Forest right after that. I mean, poor – it's – I should just take whatever I think is going to happen in these bowl games and pick the opposite. Every year this happens to me. Bowl games are the death of me, I, the bane of my existence. I Thank God I have not put any real money on any of these games. It's not worth it. But let's move to these next 20 games. Right now the uh, Cactus Bowl is going on between Baylor and Boise as we, as we record this. Schillig has Baylor. Everybody else has Boise, and uh, he's looking good. Baylor has a 7-3 to lead. In yeah, he's game. looking good. He he enjoys domestic abuse. Oh, how about he's that? Domestic how, about, abuse. how about Benedict Arnold on Baylor? Yeah, no kidding. I've been for Baylor all year. Follow at Nick and Akron. Uh, we're also on the money line as well. So wow, we're, man, that's that's a traitor. That's a traitor uh, yeah, right there. In hindsight, though, I should have went with my Minnesota rally around the rape charge. I thought that theory earlier this year, and I went against it. You know, for the Minnesota game, because, you know, I went for it with Memphis. That was rallying around the gun charge. Sean, Sean, usually, I, he, I just, I can't big, seem to he, find the right, the right avenue here. Sean's a big felony better. I just said that I went against it. And it didn't work. Let's pick some games. Let's start with the, the December 28th games. This podcast will probably be coming out sometime tomorrow morning, which is the 28th. So 
The first game on the slate on the 28th is the Pinstripe Bowl from Yankee Stadium between Northwestern and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Jay, I don't know why, but I'm going to give you the first crack at this game. (laughs) Pittsburgh beat Penn State, right? They did. Well, I'll take the team that supposedly beat the best team in the Big Ten. How about that? There you go. I can't hate on that take. That's actually a fairly solid take. Um, I, God, these games sucks. I'll, I'll take Pitt. Just I'm going the James Conner cancer angle. John, it's only four and a half. Come on. Five, Five and a half. half. Five and a half. I'm going to take the points with Northwestern. I'm going to take Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm doing it in honor of Farkey's favorite um, Northwestern alum, Mike Greenberg. Oh, God. Oh, great call. Mine, that's Sean's. This line could be high enough. I don't trust Northwestern. I would play Pitt up to minus 11. Wow. Oh, shit. Don't don't pull one of mine. He's pulling it up high. The Russell Athletic Bowl from Orlando, West Virginia, the Hulk, and the U. Miami of Florida is the two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Sean. Uh, I have... Major concern with this. I'm taking the U. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> why? I'm I'm, uh, I, I'm taking the U. Anybody that's followed this podcast all year knows that I've been anti-West Virginia betting all year. I'm going to continue to fade them and take the U also. Farky, why don't we hear your take since you're dying to interrupt every... <laughs> wow. Oh, now we're going to get silence. <laughs> No, I'm Only a, when I'm, someone else is trying to talk. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about the takes because if you know, if you know the unit, he's he's on the fantasy football podcast. He's on the the picks, NFL picks, right? And he's he's he usually has pretty justifiable positions, but in this one, he has had the hold all year. Now all of a sudden, the U, who he hasn't liked all year. He likes the U against West Virginia. Doesn't make sense. What's your pick? West Virginia. <laughs> wow, riveting radio. Shilling. I have, I have take Parky. West Virginia is ten and two, and I still don't know whether they're good or not. I think Kai is kind of in between whether he's coming out or not. So if there's any motivation for anybody, it's for Kai to show up. So uh, give me the U. Very good. A rational take. That's uh, this may be one on this podcast so far in 15 minutes. Congratulations, Shelley. But ironically, every week it was the Hulk, the Hulk. I love the Hulk. Oh, the Hulk. That was everybody. Every. I didn't week. pick him against Oklahoma. Or yeah, actually, I did pick him against Oklahoma. I didn't pick him against Oklahoma State. Foster Farms Bowl, Indiana and Utah. What the hell is Foster? Foster Farms is what? is something. I really don't know what it is to be honest with you. Uh, but but I do know that Utah is a seven-point favorite against Indiana. Schilling, your position on this game. Um, Indiana fired their head coach, so I, I don't see their players really rallying behind some coordinator or whatnot. So I am actually uh, – the line's actually calmed down. So a lot of money's coming in on Indiana. So I'm going to fade the money here and uh, take Utah minus seven. I'm taking the same exact um, team, same exact angle. I don't really have anything to add. Utah. Same here. Utah for me. Farky? 
I'll take Utah, and in case you guys wanted to know, it starts with Foster Fa- Foster Farms Simply Raised Chicken, locally grown with no antibiotics ever. Food we're comfortable eating, making, and serving. It's time to get comfortable with our food again. <laughs> Wonderful. They just gave a, got a free ad and haven't given us any money or chicken, so <laughs> thanks, Foster, you dicks. There's... <laughs> And what the listeners should be paying special attention to is, yes, ding, 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 that is a consensus pick. So yes. you can pretty much guarantee yes. the University of Indiana is going to cover, and I would even put a little bit of money on a money line. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Uh, the Advocare V100 Texas Bowl on Wednesday night, this is Texas A&M and Kansas State. The Aggies are a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Bill Snyder's squad. Farky, your position here. A&M, better coach. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. That's, oh not, my. that's not really No, 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 no. Farky, I'm going to ride with that. Bill Snyder, I'm usually all over him. I just looked it up. He's 7-10 in bowl games. Give me A&M, too. Team Farky. I don't pick a team who has a coach older than anyone, older than my great-grandfather. There's no way he's, he's older than your great-grandfather. Well... He's not going to win this bowl game. Is he older than your great-grandfather? Well, he's 98. <laughs> so, no. So, you lied. You lied to the listeners, the thousands and thousands of listeners. My great-grandfather, great-grandfather's 81. He's 98. He's, he's not 98. Bill Snyder is 77. <laughs> Close. Close. I'm sensing a theme developing here. Well, go ahead and chalk up another consensus pick with A&M. Moving on to Thursday, the Birmingham Bowl, USF and South Carolina. USF is a 10.5-point favorite in this game. For me, it's simple. Lame duck coach for USF. They fi- Well, they didn't fire, but Willie Taggart is gone. And I'm riding with my boy Will Muschamp here, getting over 10 points. Oh, God. Sean. I'm taking USF. Uh- Marlon Mack, I think, is going to go pro after a massive performance here. South Carolina. I'm taking South Carolina. Never mind. <laughs> I can't take South. I can't take South Florida. Ugh. You can't lay that many points, can you? It's really hard. Shilling. Why is this ten and a half? Like, wh- why isn't this like seven? Yeah, that's... I don't think, uh, guys. South Carolina is really, really bad. But I'm, I'm going off the lame duck thing as well. I. Uh, if Tiger was still there, I'd play USF no matter what. South Carolina is so bad, but I think South Carolina, or you know, South Carolina is trying to build something there. So I'll take the couple extra weeks they got to practice and take ten and a half and hope they score enough. Oh, you guys don't like Charlie Strong, huh? He's not he, coaching. He's not yet. coaching this game. <laughs> he might be there no, watching from no, the press box. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Take him anyway. Okay. USF, it is. That that's brilliant. The Belk Bowl, everybody's favorite gambling game. The Belk Bowl, Virginia Tech and Arkansas. VTEC is a seven-point favorite over Brett Bielema and the Hogs. And good lord, this is a tough one to call. Schillig, I'm going to start is, with you. I I think the line's too high here. I I I just don't think an SEC team should get this much this so many you, points. You know, so you think it's they too cannot many stop the run one bit. I'm not betting this. I haven't bet a Belk Bowl since Duke burned me against Cincinnati, which might be the one of the worst beats in the history of life. Look it up if you 
had the time. And uh, but I'll, I'll I'll take Arkansas here for the points. You're basically saying it's too many points. They're too many points. Oh, too many points. Does anyone know what Belk is? I think it's a, a grocery store, like Giant Eagle. Not true. Uh, Next, Jill, what's Belk? No, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, we we, we don't care. <laughs> clothing, clothing. It's like J.C. Penny. It's wonderful. Do they sell Buckeye vodka? They do not sell Buckeye vodka. They're crap. Wonderful. We can knock them off the sponsorship list. I'm taking the Arkansas Razorback. Just too many points. I will not take Arkansas because he's my worst nightmare. Who? Brett Bellum. Please pronounce his name again. (laughs) (laughs) Brett (laughs) Bellum. Close. Close enough for me. I'm taking Arkansas as well. (laughs) <laughs> the Valero Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy against Colorado. Colorado is favored by three. I'm taking the buffs. Shilly? Uh, this is one I played. I actually played Colorado minus two and a half. Um, we'll get into this later how bad Jake Browning looked in, um, in the Pac-12 championship game. I think a big reason for that was Colorado's secondary is very, very good. I think they'll slow down Oklahoma State and they'll um, – Oklahoma State can't stop anybody, so I think Colorado wins pretty easily here. Yeah, I'm going to take the buff here. Um, I struggled on this just a little bit because I actually think in this type of a spot, being um, Gundy, Gundy can kind of whip some things up offensively and can get points on the board. I just don't don't think that Oklahoma State's going to be able to get the stops. Um, that said, if there's a little bit of a trend that maybe we're seeing through some of the bowl games, um, and maybe it's just kind of recency bias here with uh, with Washington State. I wonder if we need to maybe kind of keep a close eye on, on the Pac-12 and how they're actually performing in some of these bowl games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hate the whole take of, you know, bowl games are a referendum on how good a conference is because they're just one-off games that who freaking knows who's ready to play and who's not. It's just like that's why gambling on these games is such a risky move is because you can never predict who's ready to play. I mean, is there any reason why Mississippi State should have lost to Miami of Ohio? I mean, there's no reason why that should ever have been a close game, but it was. Well, actually – Harkening back as I was watching that game, I did remember something that you said. Mississippi State had no business being in a bowl game. No. They were 5-7, and seven, and other than one game where they played well offensively, they didn't really do a damn thing all season long. And they're kind of like, you watched them, and it's like, this team is clueless. Like, Dan Mullen has to be on the hot seat if it wasn't for that that program being crap. I'll take Colorado. They're the better team. Oklahoma State played a crap conference. Oklahoma, or Colorado was the better team. It's not even close. This game should be, like oh, you guys said on the other game, this oh, should be closer to 13. Well, we, we have a third consensus. We've got Utah, A&M, and Colorado. A&M has been, I would say, disappointing all season long. Utah has been injured all season long. And Colorado has been a flash in the pan. So we're aligned with three really great consensus teams. Absolutely. The best thing is anytime you guys question me, all I have to say is I actually have two rebuttals, Memphis or Hawaii. 
These are consensus. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying anytime you question me, Memphis or Hawaii. Wonderful. Those are two Alrighty. great. Those are two great wins, Jay. I'll remind you, you were four, twelve, and one in the other games. <laughs> TCU Georgia, the Liberty Bowl from Memphis, Tennessee. This is a pick'em game, a toss-up, baby. Uh, I'm taking the Bulldogs here. Farky, your pick on the Liberty Bowl. Taking the Bulldogs. Can't take TCU. I took them all year long. Killed me every single time. I'm taking the better athletes, the better conference. That's it. Period. I know Schilling's probably ready to tee up a TCU play here because he loves Gary Patterson. Uh, Nobody needs to change your scenery more. The way they folded last game. So, wide open up at five. Um, Georgia was favored, so I would actually lean TCU that way, but with a pick them. I think TCU's giving up on the year, so I'll give you the Bulldogs as well. Oh, now we're talking about TCU giving up on the year. Jesus, God. We, we are going to go – I'm going Georgia. So that's three straight – three with Georgia. So, Matt, go ahead and put the nail in the coffin yeah, on this. Yeah, I already, already declared my position. I'm taking Georgia. There's no way I can bet TCU. I watched them play a whole game against Texas. I thought they were garbage. I don't think Georgia's that great either, but they're from a better conference. As Farky said, they play a better schedule. The Big 12 sucks. I'm taking Georgia. My my, my angle was Eason, Chubb coming back. They get a little boost from that. And then Eason, um, basic, and I think Lorenzo Carter's coming back. Eason builds into this game into his into next year, and Georgia becomes the East favorite. And there'll be some early preseason articles about can they contend with with Alabama. Or yeah, not. I mean, I think you have a program on the upswing with Kirby Smart, whether you think he's a good coach or not. They're kind of building for something. TCU's kind of getting stale with Patterson. They're kind of trending down. I'm taking Georgia for sure. Sun Bowl, uh, the Hyundai Sun Bowl from El Paso, North Carolina, and Stanford. This game features a pair of running backs in Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Hood who have chosen to sit out this game. So good luck handicapping it. Sean, give me your general kind of thoughts on these high-level running backs, Leonard Fournette being one, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, uh, who have chosen not to play in these games. Good call, bad call. I'm not looking for uh, you know a first-take type debate on this angle because we've gotten that for the last two weeks. But just kind of what are your thoughts on the whole situation? I mean, I'll say this. Both those guys have been hurt through the years, so it's kind of understandable. You look at McCaffrey, he's got an unnecessary amount of wear and tear. The fact that he returns kickoffs, um, punts, on top of running back duties with, with what he was you know, having uh, heaped on his shoulders the past two years, it, it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense. Um, I can understand it. Uh, at the same time, it'd be nice if they play, and you wonder if this is going to be kind of a stepping stone for some, some further things in the future. I don't know. It, it's so nuanced. They got to find ways to fix the the gap here. I mean, the fact of the matter is, there's all these bowl games. They're making a ton of money off of them. I saw the one rating for one bowl like two days ago did like 2.5 million people watching it. Like that's a massive number for a pretty low produced bowl game uh, as far as cost. So they're going to have to find some type of revenue sharing as it comes to this with these bowl teams that that make it and then kick down to the kids or something. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, you can't blame either of the kids. You think it goes back to the Jalen Smith injury a little bit from last year? I don't. I think that's convenient. Um, I feel like this is kind of 
happened over the over multiple years. Uh, it's just kind of building to this. I think it's actually going to become more and more prevalent for the non-playoff teams um, and the teams that are the big schools that haven't made the big bowls. You know the the prestigious bowls. Um, you know, you, you could look at something like the Music City Bowl or, you know, even the Alamo Bowl, the Liberty Bowl. It, you know, if, if Eason's a junior for Georgia and he's dinged up a little bit, there's no way in hell he should be playing in that game. You know, it, with the money that would be sitting out there come May when you get drafted. I think you, you have to kind of be smart about it. Show any disagreement with that opinion? No, I agree. Until they start getting paid, the, the, uh, no one's going to – I couldn't tell you any of the Sun Bowl winners in the last decade. So I don't blame anybody for sitting out. I would do the same thing. And, yeah, I don't blame them all. And all these people are like, well, it's one last game with their boys. Well, no one cares. Great. Agree. Uh, we need a pick for this game. Sean, I'll start with you. I'm taking Tar Heels. This is a tailor-made spot for David Shaw – to have a coaching just fart, just a massive dump. He actually had one a few years ago, if you remember back to an Orange Bowl or a Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. He, he And Andrew Luck, he, he had it in that game. I suspect he's going to have it in this game as well. And I like UNC's ability to get up and down the field a little bit with, and spread it out on, on Stanford. This line's three, by the way. Stanford is favored. Um I'm taking Stanford reluctant, very reluctantly here because whatever you think of David Shaw, I'm not sure Larry Fedora's any better. So give me Stanford. One thing that I found intriguing with this is when McCaffrey was declared out, the line did not move, which scares me a little bit. Um, we're about to touch on some triple option play, or games a little bit later on, but it's very hard to – kind of duplicate Stanford's physicality up front. So I, I, I'm very afraid of taking North Carolina. I'm, I'll go back to the motivation angle here where all the motivation is on Mitch Risky to light it up and move up the draft boards and get to number one overall. So give me the Tar Heels for that reason. I'll take Stanford. Sean, I'm actually surprised. I I, I really think it's kind of a cop-out on, on, on your part with, with your position on whether or not guys play because it, 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 at what bowl do you do you place a level that it's okay to sit out and it's not okay to sit out? I mean, these guys. I, are I'm, I'm not saying. I'm saying I can understand it. I'm. I'm I, I, do you really care about the Birmingham Bowl? Like, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying we care about the Birmingham Bowl, but I'm saying that at what what's what's the threshold where you where you don't play? What bowl is the threshold you don't play? I thought I, I articulated that. Non-major bowls and obviously the non-playoff. Major bowl. Yeah, the Cotton Bowl, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. So he's talking you like know, the, the major six. If it's not a major six, you can't sit out. I'm just saying, UNC and Stanford isn't a marquee matchup in the Sun Bowl. It, it just no, but this is this is this is this is new this year. No, it's not. It, there's been guys that have sat out Who? over the past Nick, couple de- couple decades. Name one. I, I, I didn't know that we were going to get into a debate about this. Because I, I, I adamantly disagree with this. Okay, why? What's your position? My position is these guys all 
they all play all year, all year with their teams. They can all they can all do the same thing that that Jalen Smith did last year. They can get a contract to get insurance and all that. It's by never, the way, that contract never pays out. That's never. It's Jaylen. never been an issue until this year. Mark, Marquise Lee didn't get paid. All these guys that fell in the draft didn't get paid to the degree in which their insurance claim was. I think it's weak. I think it's weak, and I think any competitor would say it's weak. Fair enough. We're moving on to the Music City Bowl in Nashville, Nebraska, Tennessee. Tennessee's a six-point favorite. Schilling, are you riding with Tommy Armstrong here? Um, he's actually doubtful, so I doubt he plays. Oh, but good. My big take is I don't think it's much much of a drop-off. So this line keeps moving. Tennessee money is pouring in, which makes no sense to me. I will take Mike Riley over Butch Jones any day of the week. Actually, I'll take Butch Jones over anybody. You know, they could have an IEP, and I'm taking them over Butch Jones. So um, I, I don't see any way he motivates his team. Uh, Nebraska sold out all their tickets in 28 minutes. So um, I think a lot of people want to go to Nashville. So I, I, I'm leaning Nebraska here big time. Why wouldn't you want to go to Nashville? It's the site of uh, Jerry Burris' bachelor party. Phenomenal time. Great city. I'm taking Nebraska as well um, because, as as you said, Shelly, I can't see Tennessee being motivated to play this game, so I'll take the six. Sean? Why am I going with Butch Jones? Yes. I just look at – there's such a talent disparity. I think this is an Alvin Kamara-type situation where he blows up. I'm taking Tennessee. Tennessee's grossly over-talented. I'll take Tennessee. Farky's faves, minus six. The Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. I mean, this is about as prestigious as it gets here in late December. South Alabama and Air Force. Air Force is a 13.5-point favorite. Schillig, any leans on this one? I'm just going to take the uh, added time to prepare for the triple option, so... Um, if you actually are crazy enough to bet this game and you like South Alabama, I, I would wait. I think it goes over 14. If you like Air Force, uh, too late because it was 11. You could, should have took it there. So give me the Jaguars. Boom. Too many points. Give me South Alabama as well. Who is South Alabama? Is there one team South Alabama has played this year that we can comp them against? Well. I would suspect no. Since you asked, let me see. Okay, this, who made this? Who made this bowl matchup? That's that's my angle. Troy I'm sitting in Troy. here. Who? Troy. Troy. He says. They lost Troy. I, I mean, Troy. I tell you what, they kicked Presbyterian's ass, thirty-one-seven. <laughs> they, they also beat Mississippi State. <laughs> oh, they beat Mississippi State, twenty-one to twenty. And San Diego State. That's a good win. Yeah, it is a good win, actually. I, I'm they, taking South Alabama. They actually spanked I'll, I'll San Diego State. I'll go with them. Screw it. Jags. Here, here you go, Sean. Idaho beat them by 7, 38-31. And I know you're hey, high I, on that I, Iowa team. I told you Idaho should be in the playoff. Yeah. So I'm taking South Alabama. There you Let's go. go. There you go. Arky, who you got? Uh, my patriotism was questioned last time I was on this pod. So, of course, I'm taking Air Force. Boom. Farky Spades, hey. minus 13 and a half. He kept, us, he kept us from a consensus, so we'll take that. All right. Well done, Jay. Uh, this is the, the night of the 30th, a big one in the Orange Bowl, Florida State and Michigan. 
Sean Seminoles are getting a touchdown. This is going to be a really, really fun game to watch, in my opinion. Dalvin Cook is playing in this game. I can't lay seven here. I'm taking the Knolls. I think they might win the game outright. That probably is a death knell for Sean, being a Seminoles fan, considering I've been off on almost all these games. But I think a lot of people are agreeing with me on this podcast with this pick. Barky, what do you got? I bet this game a week ago I took the Knolls. So what, what, what did you say you wanted to bet on it? I'd like to bet $500 on this game. I think I think this is – first off, I think this is the best game to watch of the entire bowl series. I agree with that. Other than the championship. I agree with that. About. But, but I, I love – Florida State in this game. I absolutely love Florida State in this game. I think that they're they're more talented. I know Sean has has walked us through their injuries this year fantastically and given us a real insight on what they're dealing with. But today, I I absolutely love Florida State in this game. I think they have the the best player in the country, and I think I I, I honestly think that he's going to excel. I think Cook. Goes for maybe 175. Um, I'm, I'm getting long-winded, but I, I love Florida State in this game. I got Florida State. I'm going to bet them in multiple parlays. Love Florida State. I actually think Florida State's defense shows up to play and, and shuts down Michigan. Yeah, I agree with that, too. The only, the only thing that somewhat scares me is um, Michigan's front seven is very, very good. So I, I think they'll be in backfield a little bit. Dalvin Cook's still going to get his. But it's going to come down to uh, Francois, and I really think Florida State's motivated to uh, really get ready for next year. So um, I, I can't pass up seven here. So give me Florida State. Sorry, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in real quick just to piggyback on Schilling. That's that's another one a point I want to make. These guys have so much to prove. They 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 had a lot at the beginning of the year, had those injuries, and. I don't know. I'm 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 really barking at this, but I love Florida State. They, they could have packed it in, but I'm really impressed with what they did the last three, four games of the year. So, yeah. you guys, you guys, you're unbelievable. We're getting hard. We're not getting any of the secondary guys back for this game. Michigan is a tailor-made offense for our defense. It's all lined up neat and nice, and you guys are overhyping the hell out of this to the point where it, we'll see. I. Well, I, I first like of all, when let this me ask first you. Came out, I was surprised it was seven. I actually thought it should have been three. That was my first thought when it first Great. saw it. Then it stayed this way, and all the peripheral data, everything still pointed towards okay, this is at least heading towards a cover. And I think it actually is going to come down to Francois. I don't think Cook goes crazy. If he goes crazy, Michigan does not win this game. What is it today? I didn't see it today. What is it today? Seven. Seven. It's seven. It, it, Sean, it actually opened up at six. So oh, okay. early money is on Michigan. Sean, let me ask you this. Why do you think this offense is tailor-made for Florida State's defense? Because it seems to me the def- the offenses they've struggled with have been spread-type offenses. and this That's is- exactly right. Michigan doesn't run that with their quarterback. Like They have trouble with mobile quarterbacks. Okay, I, I, my bad. I thought like you said that. The, Jackson. I thought this you is said tailor-made in the sense that. Basically, how you saw Florida State play against Florida, they're going to play the exact same right. way against okay. Michigan. That, I, think, I think they're so shutting let, Michigan down. Sean, let me Sean, Sean, let me ask you this: Is is there? Do you see a coaching 
one way or another, do you see Harbaugh out coaching Jimbo? Is that is that something that concerns you? No, what concerns me is just kind of the breaks in the game and is Jimbo going to be aggressive with Francois in the right spots, but then also not forget about Cook and others. If they can get Cook the ball out of the backfield and in space and, and kind of break some tendencies, I think that's actually where where Jimbo's got an angle with it. I think that's what that's what he's got to got to try and do. Hopefully, he's up to the challenge because you go up against hardball team, you're going to go up against you know top three coach in all of college football when it comes to X's and O's. So it, it'll be a nice test in that regard. Talent-wise, I think it's there's no question. Florida State has more talent than Michigan. Going into the year, you know, I think the four of us would maybe overhype Florida State a little bit. But, I mean, gun to my head, I I can't pick. I can't tell you who the more talented team is. So I'll say this. If Derwin James is healthy all year, Florida State has one loss and might be in the playoff. Well, let me ask you this: Do you guys is seven wrong? Is seven the wrong number? Yeah, I, I agree with Sean. I, I think it should be around three or four. I agree with Sean. I was surprised when I saw this was at six, six and a half, and actually I bet it up to seven, and then it's staying at seven right now. I'm, I, Farky, I think you already took it, but it, take your seven now because I, I think it comes down a little bit under a touchdown, but. I agree with Sean. I think it should be three, three and a half, four. Citrus Bowl from Orlando, LSU and Louisville. Another interesting matchup here. Uh, Leonard Fournette, as we mentioned, is not playing for LSU. Lamar Jackson for Louisville is playing, the Heisman Trophy winner. And he faces an SEC defense, which will be interesting to see how he does. I'm taking LSU and the uh, given the three here. Uh, I want to see him prove it against the, a, uh, one of the big boys defensively. Sean. You know, my when this first came out, I loved Louisville. Fournette bounced off. Um, I, I maybe had a twinge of second guessing, and then I think um, is it Geis? He's out now too. He is. Um, my understanding is he's out as well. Is that right, Joe? Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's out. And and I started to kind of hedge on this now. Um, you know, LSU's got all this kind of relaxing, comfortable momentum, and I, I just – they do so well against these types of quarterbacks, though. Um, I, I think Louisville was able to play up the underdog angle, uh, disrespected angle. I, I'll, I'll take Louisville very, very, very reluctantly. This is – I wouldn't bet this with Farkas's money. I think um, of all the running backs sitting out, LSU's got the deepest – Backup, so I, I wouldn't read too much in the Fournette sitting out. When it comes to motivation angle, I, I'll take Eddie O over Bobby Petrino every day. Lamar Jackson already won his Heisman Trophy, and I feel like that's what he played for the last two months of the year. So uh, give me LSU in that uh, front seven, trying to you know keeping Lamar Jackson in the pocket, making him throw a little bit. Well, I have uh, I have PayPal and Venmo, so I'm I'm, I'm very wealthy. Um, so, Sean, you don't have to worry about it. You can bet whatever you want with my money. Seriously, just pick a figure. It works. Um, <laughs> but for this game, Louisville, love it. This is my pick of the week. Yes. Shill, shill, my pick of the week. This game should be probably 13 and a half. 
Love it. <laughs> I thought you just wanted to put 500 bucks on Florida State. He just went 16 and a half point difference than what Vegas has this at. Wait, who are you? Are you taking Louisville here, Jay? Louisville plus, minus 16 and a half. Oh God. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> well, with that, we might as well move on to the Tax Slayer Bowl. Farky might have to uh, use that tax return to pay off some of his debts here in the next few months. <laughs> Kentucky and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Give me the option squad in a bowl game against a team that doesn't see the option. I'll take Georgia Tech minus three-and-a-half. Give me the team that has a month to prepare for the option. Give me Kentucky. Man, those are sizzling takes, and I could counter either one of them. Um, what we're going to do here is we're going to go ahead and flip a coin. Heads is uh, Kentucky, tails is Georgia Tech, and I'm going to give it a little flip. Farky, why don't you go and give yours while I while I do this? I'll take I'll take the team that played Alabama better than any team in the country this year. I'll take Kentucky. Very and nice. I'm taking Georgia Tech because that's what the coin said. Very nice. Actually, uh, both these teams are going to run the ball a lot, so if you're going to bet this game, bet the under. You might also want to bet the under in this next game, the Outback Bowl, between Iowa and Florida, because I'm not sure how either team's going to score in this game. It might end up being like 2 to nothing. Uh, but give me Florida. Actually, I hope it's not 2 to nothing because I'm taking Florida minus 3. Uh, anybody disagreeing with that? How about Austin Appleby? Is gets to face a defense that he might actually be somewhat familiar with. Um, not as if he could actually exploit any type of advantages, but that said, um, I'm taking the Gators. Well, you really dug deep for that angle. I knew, I knew you might appreciate that. <laughs> I have one suggestion. Just don't bet this game. The over-under is actually 40, so this will be... Here's, be a, here's a better suggestion. Just don't watch this game. Yeah, yeah, good bet. Yeah, uh, give, me, give me Florida. When I said uh, Kentucky played Alabama better than any team in the country, by the way, side note, uh, I meant they, they lost 34-6. to six. Um, Anyway, I'll take, I'll take another. You I obviously meant Ole, Ole Miss, but, you know, it was you picking a random team not in a game, which we've come to know and love. No, it's Alabama won 34-6. Kentucky played them better than Ole Miss did. Yeah. Okay. With that, I'll take, your pick? I'll take, I'll take the SEC team. Wonderful. That's a That's another pick. consensus pick. Wow. This is this is great. We're going to end up about 15 games under 500 on consensus picks this year. We might have to just blow this whole thing up after one year. All right. New Year's Six games, which are actually not being played on New Year's. This is January 2nd, Western Michigan and Wisconsin. In the Cotton Bowl, Wisconsin, a 7.5-point favorite against P.J. Fleck and his boat rowers. Schillig, are you rowing the boat again this week? Can we go Schillig first? I, Love. I, I am boat. always rowing the boat. Um, my line here is on seven, so it's pretty simple. If it was under seven, I'd take Wisconsin. If it was over seven, I would take the Broncos. Uh, my thing is, if P.J. Fleck would have went somewhere, which we all expect him to, this line could not be high enough. But I think his team's motivated to uh, play with him staying, so uh, – let me row the boat one more week. I'm riding with Paul Christ. You guys know I love Paul Christ. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I listened to to PJ Fleck halftime of um, the Potato Bowl, and he went through his row the boat thing and talked and talked and talked. 
I wonder if P.J. Fleck may have overplayed his hand a little bit and should have maybe tried to take a job and not, you know, play as hard to get. He's got some a team that's kind of, um, you know, older, maybe graduated. I was going to say, aren't they real senior-laden? I don't – this is another one we talked – I actually had this conversation uh, in the NFL uh, pod that we just did talking about coaches don't do a good enough job assessing – um, their situations, i.e. quarterback, GM, owner, and whether or not a job is actually one of 32 or, you know, one of the top 10 or 15. Um, and I just wonder if P.J. Fleck may have got a little bit too greedy, didn't target a school like maybe a Cincinnati. He comes in and gets a two, three win improvement, and he's bouncing to the next big job from there. I don't know that he did that. I like Wisconsin just – line him up, hit him in the mouth. I didn't like what I saw from Western against OU. And uh, I'm going to take the Badgers. Jay, are we going Farky's faves? We're going Wisconsin, but it's simply because I think they're the most talented team. Seriously, Sean, all great things about the coach. But seriously, you don't think it's all about the players? I didn't say any great things about the coach. No, I'm saying you talked about the coaches and all that, but you didn't get into the players at all. You don't you don't think that Wisconsin on really has the best players in I think Wisconsin. Really- Ask Shilly these inane stupid questions. Shilly, how are these Western Michigan stiffs gonna line up against the powerful Wisconsin Badgers? Uh, probably the same way the Red Hawks did, which I took, and Minnesota did, and um Let's let's have a little update with a Baylor money line. They're up twenty-one to six right now because Boise State should have played in a New Year's Six game, and now they're playing on December whatever the day is, and they have no they have they, they want no part of being there right now. It's, showing. Uh, uh, Baylor has three hundred and forty-two yards of offense, and it's still the first half. We're, we are moving on to the Rose Bowl between USC and Penn State, and I got to say these next two games are games that really scare me because. I love USC in this game. I think everybody loves USC in this game, Getting, uh, giving six and a half. There's no way I'm taking Penn State. This is a game that is tailor-made for us to all lose because when you think it's a lock, this is where a team like USC just comes in and lays a total egg and drops the ball. Does anyone have the balls to take Penn State here? I, I agree I agree with that, Monter. Um, the fact that it's six and a half, not seven, is the only reason I'm taking USC and not Penn State. So, I love a backdoor cover by Penn State here. Ugh, I can feel it. Can you, you, you're taking USC, though, correct, Sean? I, I'm, I'm taking USC, but I, I can see one of those situations where USC dominates through most of the game. It's, you know, 14-3. It's, you know, it's 17-6. Penn State gets another touchdown. You get something kind of cheapy, gets a little momentum, big crowd from everything I've understood. Penn State's pretty much sold off their section and bought into more. Is USC going to have some of that that kind of home cooking a little bit behind it? I don't think so. Um, this is Penn State's chance. This alumni hasn't traveled to a bowl game in four or five years. Like yep. The money's saved up. Yep. Honestly, if it was seven, I'd probably take Penn State. Yeah, like Schillick said, I agree with that. Jay, USC. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the uh, the wave that they've had the entire second half of the year. So I'm gonna go with USC. Very good. And this, the, you know, the game following that, the Sugar Bowl, Oklahoma and Auburn. Oklahoma's favored by three. 
initially looking at it, I'm thinking, boy, I love Oklahoma in this game. They obviously were one of the hottest teams in the country to finish off the regular season. Auburn's kind of been up and down. They lost to Georgia late in the year, got spanked by Alabama, you know, not been sold on them all year. I thought this line was really short. But, again, this is the type of game that Bob Stoops comes in and gets his ass beat when you don't expect it. So I'm very reluctantly taking Oklahoma here. I know, Shilly, you might have a different opinion here. Yeah, I do just because I thought the line would be a little bit higher. Um, I think Auburn opened up at five-and-a-half-point dogs. I would have loved it a lot there. This is going to have to be Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook going nuts because here's the problem with Oklahoma as a program. Anytime they face a very good defense, especially a defensive line, if you look at um, their two big losses where they pretty much just crowd the bed, which was Houston and Ohio State, I, you know, I think this is a coming Jesus moment for them again, just getting dominated up front. So give me, uh, give me the SEC defense and give me Auburn. Good angle. I like it. I'm still taking Oklahoma, but I, I see where that could come into play. Is Mixon eligible? Yes. Oh, he's playing? He is. Oh, okay. I'll take Oklahoma then. That's the reason he took Oklahoma. Wow. Um <laughs> Oklahoma loves these games where they can feel slighted or whatnot. I don't know if they're going to be able to draw up a straw man close enough to be able to say that they are other than they're going into SEC territory and, and Bob's going to try and beat that drum a little bit. Um, I just – Auburn's really bad, guys. Like we talked about before the Bulls were set that there's going to be a five-loss SEC yeah. team right, or a four-loss or something. Like they just drew the short straw. Like this could be LSU – and if it was LSU, I'd actually feel like they might have a better chance than I feel like Auburn does. I agree it, with that. It, I mean, that's just my point of view on this. But, I agree with that. Uh, I, I got to gotta take Oklahoma here. I just they showed me enough the last couple games of the season too, where they could have, you know, the West Virginia game, the Oklahoma State game, like they handled those pretty well. So uh, this is a perfect spot to get burned by them. But I'll take, uh, you know. Little game, Bob. Yeah, well, that, that's just my point. USC and Oklahoma just seem like too easy right now. So I'm very, very much expecting to get burned on those two picks. I probably won't be putting any real money on the game for that. I don't think both win. I'll say that. Yeah. I would agree no, with you. I, yeah. If I was more reluctant, I'd be more reluctant actually with Penn State. Yeah, so that's that. And then we have ourselves the playoff matchups, and these are obviously New Year's Eve. The first one at 3 o'clock Eastern time, Washington and Alabama in the Peach Bowl. Semifinal number one, Alabama is a 14.5-point favorite in this semifinal game. I'm not stepping in front of the Bama train with a month to prepare Nick Saban. I, I think Chris Peterson's a great coach as well, but I'm taking Alabama. I don't think Washington has seen anything like this, and I don't know that they're really ready for this kind of moment yet. Shelly, I know you're probably going to disagree with me there. I, I'm, my line's 14, so anything above 14, I will take Washington. Um, my advice is if you do like Washington, you're going to bet them. Wait till kickoff. This is going to get over 17. Everyone's going to pat Alabama. N- Nick Saban usually has a coaching advantage. Chris Peterson in a month kind of neutralized that a little bit. I, Nick Saban's still the better coach, don't get me wrong. But the, the only thing that really scares me is just how bad Jake Browning has looked later in the year, especially against Colorado's secondary, and Alabama's secondary is that much better. So I expect them to keep it somewhat close. So 
since it is over 14 for the pod, give me Washington. Yeah, he didn't look good against USC either, by the way. I mean, when he's faced a good team, he struggled. Correct. Farkey? I don't even really have to ask. I'm almost certain you're taking Alabama here, correct? I'll take Alabama. Uh, I mean, I, I liked I, I picked Washington in a couple big games this year. Uh, one that they lost, and I think they're they're a formidable opponent, but I'll I'll take Alabama. Yeah, I think um what I would say Saban benefits from having a staff of I believe twenty three coaches. I read an article two weeks ago that they had been looking upwards of five and six years and doing reports on all the trick plays that Chris Peterson has ran Washington and Boise State. It was actually the last decade. The last decade. Okay, so they even went back further. So that is where if it was just Chris Peterson versus Nick Saban, I actually think Saban would struggle with Chris Peterson. If you look at how Saban struggles against mobile quarterbacks and, you know, all of these things from a data point, the unconventional thing drives Saban crazy. So he brings in all these different coaches to kind of do the yeoman's work on this. And I think that's where Alabama has an advantage that still is unrivaled. Resources, coaching staff, allocation from their athletic department, in funds towards anything and everything at their disposal. That's where Alabama has a head up. Washington, if they've got a chance, it's on the outside and spreading Alabama out and trying getting them a nickel and, and you know, down in distances that, that they can spring some big plays. I just don't like their matchups when you start looking at the Bama corners and safeties. Like There's a lot of four or five stars still there. And you're relying on the Ross kid to basically play out of his mind. And I, I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think they'll be able to weather the storm. And Alabama is going to get yards just lining it up and pounding it down their throat. I like Bama 21-plus points. Almost a home game for them, too, really, when you think about it. I mean, I, I'm yeah. sure Washington's going to travel well. But, I mean, Bama was just in this stadium like three weeks ago playing an SEC title game. So, they're, they're very familiar with this territory. Semifinal number two in the Fiesta Bowl. And speaking of familiar territory, Ohio State very familiar with the Fiesta Bowl. They won there last year. They're playing there again this year against Clemson. Ohio State a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to let Shelly tee off on this first, and then I'll get to the two Ohio State guys. Uh, my line here, here is three, so if it was under three, I'd take Ohio State. Uh, since it's three-and-a-half, I'm going to take Clemson. What really scares me is JT Barrett in this game. He's really struggled recently, and I really think Clemson, with their front forward, they'll get enough pressure, and they'll have bullwear um, really to spy him. So I just don't trust Ohio State's receivers. You know, with 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 six guys back in coverage, you know, really getting separation and whatnot. So I think Urban, Urban's by far the better coach here, but with with three and a half here, um, I'm. I'm I'm actually leaning toward Clemson in this game. Yeah, this is a really tough one to pick for me. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I picked Ohio State, and it was simply because I have that much faith in Urban Meyer preparing for a month versus Dabo, and uh, I think they're ready to play. And Clemson, to me, feels like we've talked about this all year, but it kind of feels like Florida State a couple of years ago with Jameis, how they kind of 
pulled some games out all year. We're kind of fortunate to get into the playoff, and then once they got there, they got steamrolled. So I don't know that they get steamrolled, but I'm going to take the Buckeyes to cover the three and a half. So, uh, Farkey, I know you're taking the Buckeyes, so you care to give us a little analysis on this matchup here? I'm taking the Buckeyes. Uh, I'll give you my most serious analysis because I've read a lot of stuff all for the past week about this. Um, I think both teams have questions on their offensive line. Um, probably more Ohio State than Clemson because Clemson's dealing with, you know, four guys that that are really a, a, a probably a fear factor for Ohio State with Watkins. What Wilkins, uh, Lawrence, what's the other guy's name? Belt, uh, Bellor. So I think the difference is Ohio State, and and Sean and I have talked about this before in previous weeks, they they commit so much to running the ball with Barrett, which worked two or or three years ago with the quarterback. They need to, to establish Weber a little bit more. He he gets like a third maybe of the carries that he probably should get. And, you know, set stuff up. Set stuff up with Barrett and then do some maybe some misdirection stuff with him and, and throw some passes. But Ohio State's going to have to have to do some more setup stuff. They cannot just snap the ball on first and second down. Sean and I talked about this probably a month ago. They can't get into second and third and seven and eight. They, they're they terrible in that. Um, Raekwon McMillan, I think he's the, the most, most important part of the Buckeyes' defense for this game. He has got to make plays. He's got to get to the quarterback, got to put pressure on Watson. They've, they've got to do some things like that. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to hear what Sean has to say because I know he'll have a lot of intel on it. But uh, to me – I think both offensive lines, that's the difference. Clemson is going to have their hands full with us defensively, and we're going to have our hands full with them defensively. Yeah, Ohio State, if they can get pressure with the front four, Clemson's in some trouble. There's tons of games within games in in this matchup. That's why it's actually quite fascinating. Yeah, Garen Conley versus Mike Williams of Clemson, he's a guy that, Pretty much on any pod that I've been on talking Clemson, he, he's the best wide receiver in the country. He's a top 10 pick. He's an elite talent. Um, and then they've got Dan Kane on the other side against Lattimore. Um, obviously, you know, Hooker roaming around for, for Ohio State. I think Ohio State's defense has to like how they can defend against Watson and, and the whole Clemson attack. It's going to be very interesting to see if Watson maybe starts to break a little bit of, of what he's been doing through the year, uh, it, which has been more stay in the pocket. Does he get outside? Does he run a lot more? And if he does that, I like Clemson a lot. I think he does, but if he stays tentative and tries to throw it, Clemson will not win this game. Now, I think he's going to do what he did last year in the playoffs in both of the games and, and get and, and move on his feet. Um, but you know, he's someone that, honestly, if, if – Deshaun Watson wasn't playing in a playoff bowl. He would be the the next person in line sitting out um, because of potential injury and whatnot. So um, Ohio State offensively, JT Barrett to me, I've said it before, overrated. He's going to. There's all this stuff about he could go down as the greatest Ohio State quarterback ever. I I don't see that at all. Um, I just see kind of a glorified running back um, that 
you know, had had a hot game against Oklahoma. We haven't seen that JT Barrett the whole season since. Um, if he shows up, then all bets are off. All bets are off the week and a half later. But I just I think it's going to struggle a little bit. And where they need to attack, I'm not sure that they're capable at the outside receiver. So you got to think Ball's going to have to have a big game, and they're going to have to find some type of way to get guys. Their playmakers on the outside the ball. How do they get Samuel the ball outside of in between the tackles? Because they got a problem in between the tackles, I suspect. Sean, you and Chill, maybe you can jump in. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you guys think uh, Meyer might do from the from the outside of the game and and how he might uh, attack these guys initially. I, I mean, I think he tries to get the ball on the outside and into space. I think he tries to to, to get guys the ball out wide and stretch them a little bit, tire those defensive tackles out so that it pays dividends in the you know late third into the fourth quarter. I think Meyer knows that this is a four-quarter game, and he's got four guys, at least three elite talents, that in that type of a weather, you want to, you got to try and find a way to wear them down. But, Sean, I can I... – I can admit that I don't I don't follow the the recruiting like you and you know these guys better than I do. Are are, the, are this front really that good that we have yeah. to be that concerned? Really? Yeah, Dexter Lawrence is right there with Ed Oliver, best defensive ta- best freshman defensive tackle in gosh, I mean the past decade. I mean, there's there's another guy here or there, but Lawrence Ohio State wanted him badly. They just couldn't close the deal on him. You know, rightfully so, because he stayed in, in basically his backyard at Clemson. And then Wilkins and Watkins, like those guys have been four and five stars, you know, over the past years prior. So they've been building through this o- over time. The interesting thing is Clemson is this is their year because they lose a load after this year. Ohio State really is a year too early. I, I, I would stress that maybe they're. We're, like, we're, we're in a proverbial reload, right? Yeah, I mean, it, if you just said before the season started, this is where Ohio State's going to end up. You're saying, okay, even if they lose against Clemson, that this is a raving success for a year. Because I, I just okay. I didn't think they had the playmakers yet. This You think this is this is a raving success? I think knowing what you were no, going into with the season, yeah, I think so. You weren't returning a ton. Okay. If, you were, if, if somebody said before the year – Ohio State's making the playoff, and they're going to lose. Clemson. Would you be okay, Clemson. Would you be okay with that? Or is it just totally national championship or bust for you every year, Jay? I no, I no, 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 no. All joking aside, I, I I actually thought because of JT Barrett and his history, I thought I thought we were in a good situation. I and losing Zeke and Bosa and those guys. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a big deal, but you you know you you have the proverbial reload, but um, yeah, I thought I thought we would be here, Sean. Sean, did you not? Did you not think we had a chance to be here in the final four? No, I, I thought that they, I, I I thought that they would be here as well because uh, I didn't think Michigan was as good as everybody was saying. I just I knew Michigan was going to either be undefeated or have one loss when they were playing Ohio State, so I knew that was going to be a huge game. I just the fact that we're sitting here saying that they're the favorite against Clemson before the season started, based off of what I thought Clemson was going to be this year, now they haven't lived up to it. I think, you know, 
you take this and say, yeah, let's play that one game now. Is Clemson a better team than Ohio State? They've not proven it, but all the numbers and, and personnel, I would say yes. Pedigree. I would too. I, I would too. I would too. I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm all homer. You guys know I'm all homer, all joking aside. But, but I mean, Clemson, Clemson, you can make a strong case they shouldn't even be in this game. They could have lost to Louisville super easily. They should have lost to NC State, and yeah, they right. should have lost to Florida State. Like, And they lost at home to Pitt. Like, Clemson has less of a right to kind of be where they are here than Ohio State. Yeah. Do you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, I, That's I why think, I told I you think... it feels like Florida State a couple years ago. Just kind of like – Florida State just pulled game after game out of their ass. And you're like, they, well, the they, one thing the interesting corollary there is Clemson's turning the ball over a lot, and that's one thing that would they that Florida State did that season, and it bit them yep. in the in the. Yep. I mean, that game was still a 21-16 game at half, and it was and also it was the, their year too. Like that was the year that they were losing all those guys too. You know, this kind yeah, of the same yeah, type of team. Yeah. My thing is, if you want to go through the schedule game, then I can throw Michigan State and Northwestern out there. So. Yeah, Clemson should have lost a couple games. Ohio State should have. It, it, it's no question that Ohio, Ohio State has a better, the better resume and strength of wins or whatnot. I'm keeping it simple because I don't know as much depth about you guys, but I think if you go position by position, Clemson's going to get a lot of the check marks. I'm taking Deshaun Watson as a dog over what I've seen from JT Barrett over the last two months. And I, I mentioned him before, I, 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 th- I think Bullwear is the X factor in this game. Watson... Even though he's got, he leads, doesn't he? Show maybe you, you're a stat guy. He leads the country in interceptions, right? Um, he he has the best QBR. They said I saw last week in the country for the year. Does is that sound right? I don't know. Who cares about? It? I don't. I don't pay attention to those. Those don't know nothing about the numbers, Farky. <laughs> I just I just know what Deshaun Watson can do. He, those numbers aren't going to give you rushing number stats. Like Deshaun Watson's better when he plays more free and not within the pocket all the time. And when he stays in the pocket, and he deliberately tried to do that this year to lock up number one pick, and he just kind of fell into all those typical traps that we see all these guys fall into. And he's he's just been careless with the ball some of them have been tips they do a lot of crossing stuff when you do crossing stuff and you throw it off a helmet or a shoulder pad it's going to end up in Malik Hooker's uh, hands or you know Lord knows who else in the Ohio State secondary does Deshaun Watson scare you throwing the ball or does his, to who he's throwing to yeah does Williams to who he's throwing does to Williams yeah Williams should scare Williams. should scare anyway right. right Mike Williams shouldn't be on this team if he doesn't get hurt last year He's in the NFL draft last year. He came back as a neck injury when he ran into a goalpost. <laughs> so, so is Ohio State secondary? Where where do you put them against someone like like Mike Williams? Uh, what I would say is, if if history has shown anything, Urban Meyer has a, a unique ability to have conversations with some of his defensive backs that will coach and get the very best out of them to understand who they're going up against. The, the size of the prize and what's at stake. Like Urban, this is kind of a tailor-made spot for him in, in some respects. I, I bet you if you just had a, a sidebar conversation, he'd, he'd love to be an underdog in this game. But you know, obviously the betting public didn't see it that way. But you have an opportunistic defense 
that matches up incredibly well with Clemson's offense for what their skills and do best. You know, is Gallman an X factor for Clemson? Maybe. I, I just I think if Watson doesn't play Cam Newton and move around and get like yards and first downs with his feet, Clemson's going to struggle and they're going to turn the ball over. If he drops back and throws it 40 times, they're going to run into problems. All right, that's going to do it for uh, the first 40 bowl games. Obviously, we'll have one more when the semifinal winners are uh, decided on New Year's Eve, and we can come back and do a little analysis on the national championship game, which will be January 9th in Tampa. Farky, you should find a way to get tickets and go to that game. Uh, my da- Actually, my dad's coming down, and we're, I've already got tickets to media day, so I'll, I'll try to send you guys some pictures. It's free, so if, if any guys want to try to make your way down here, you're welcome to stay with me. Boom. Uh, like I said, we'll be back with uh, another you're gonna podcast. You're going to get random listeners tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I hope so. I'm serious. So. Come on down. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NEGPodCFB. Make sure you follow Luke and Jerry at Glory Podcasts. Look for our uh, tweets about the games you should fade here coming up over these next few weeks. Make sure you go against us on all these games. Make some money. Make sure uh, you drink some Buckeye vodka as you're losing money on these bowl games. Guys, what are your plans for uh, – I know what Farky's doing, but uh, what are your plans for uh, watching these semifinal games? Enjoy it. Kick some, some uh, brews back, some uh, of that Buckeye vodka, the aforementioned, and uh, just enjoy the time off. There's no chance I'm going out to a bar. Oh, no uh, way. I, first of all, it's New Year's Eve, and second of all, Ohio State fans are unbearable, ignorant, and just a complete waste of time. So I'll be at home. Sounds like a winner. What are you, what are you a pit fan? No, I just, I just like logic and reasoning, so therefore I don't like Ohio State and their fans. Oh, God. Boom. <laughs> Well, well that, I know. That's, that's, you, that's you notwithstanding, things, so. though, Jay. As, as you've proven tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, enjoy the second round of bowl action. We'll talk to you after the new year. Have a happy new year, and good luck on the bowl games. For the love of money.